This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, as you guys know, Friday nights, we bring in a guest here is Pete and the crew, obviously, uh, you know, uh, about to kick off in Streetsboro against the fighting LeBron James's tonight. Uh, wishing all the best, obviously, to Pete and all the kids at Streetsboro. Uh, hopefully they can... Continue this rolling on here. Continue the perfection in the first round of state playoffs out in Ohio. But we still got work to do. So Jeff Lloyd, Stephen Thomas brought in through the bat phone from the West Coast, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Steve, um, good to get you here. And um, guys, uh, you Ohio folks, uh, Native Sun's coming home for a few days. <laughs> First off, yeah, good luck, Pete, uh, tonight. Uh, hope the hope the boys do well. But yeah, heading back uh, uh, since they have the Sunday Thursday combo here. I, I figured I could see two home games on the price of one plane ticket. So uh, heading back tomorrow, <laughs> uh, Saturday, flying in, going to see uh, Buffalo Pittsburgh, and then uh, unbelievably, it's senior night for uh, my daughter at uh, her college volleyball next weekend, and. She made me promise not to embarrass her. I made no such promises. Uh, but, nope, uh, that's them's the rules. Big week coming up. Big week coming up. But yeah, it should be interesting. I'm glad uh, uh, to my Cleveland friends, at least from everything I'm seeing on the um, on the forecast, you got most of that uh, f- uh, fluffy white crap out of the way before I get there tomorrow. Because uh, 15 years of living in SoCal, my blood has thinned. I can't take that crap anymore. So get that snow out of there. And well, let's be honest here. It's not even so much of where you're living. You get to this certain point, you just don't want any part of it. Uh, it's a little, yes, it's a little harder to get out of bed in the morning, <laughs> things of that nature. Uh, but good news for Pete, that white fluffy stuff um, with one of the top rushing attacks in the state of Ohio that may bode well for Pete in the streets, bro. Rockets. Old school um, football. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, you know, I like to josh him all the time. You have a great job, quarterback coach. <laughs> you gotta get Pete. You gotta zing Pete before he zings you back. So I gotta jump in on those opportunities when I do get it. Um, I'll, I'll, we'll touch on this. And look, the thing here, Steve, is the way it's kind of leaked. There's not enough where it is something. It isn't something major. Um, and look, no, no disrespect to Jason Lloyd. You know, I, and I know you had more of a basketball background, but I obviously know you know one of the top guys over at Athletic Cleveland. Um, it just seems weird that. Steven, this is only coming from one guy. And look, I'm not saying either way. Could be wrong, could be right. Not a ton of info as far as to maybe make a judgment here. You know, maybe there was the Freddie ask him about last game line when that one had come up here. But it does bold interested bold interesting that, you know, Rashard Higgins won't talk about the Seattle game, apparently now. Uh apparently they went to put him in. I'm assuming it was later in the game. And, you know, they're saying he declined, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like you said, there's not. It's just whispers at this point. It's just uh, uh, and and like you said, not to cast aspersions on Jason's reporting. He's, he's you know got a great track record, and you know if he's saying it, he's not just making it up. We know this. It came mm-hmm. from somewhere. But I, I, whether it is or not, I mean, I don't have the contacts on the inside to really make a judgment on that. I think the saddest part of the whole thing is. We're in the middle of yet another season where this kind of crap is going on. And you look at it and you can't just dismiss it out of hand. You can't look at it and say, no, nope, no, nah, that's crap. You know what I mean? The fact that we are yet again in the middle of a high school drama club uh, in the locker room uh, and two and six is 
this wasn't supposed to be this year. We were finally supposed to break out of that. We were finally supposed to have uh, football to talk about deep into December. You know, we weren't supposed to be talking about high school or uh, uh, locker room drama and, and the draft here on November 8th. It's the fact that you cannot dismiss it out of hand just, and it's terrifying. Uh, I think we talked about this briefly last time because it brings back into question Who's in charge of the damn place? You know, I mean, what's what's going on over there? Who is it? Is it still from an organizational standpoint, the same clown show that it's been? And the fact that you can't emphatically say no is absolutely terrifying and sad and frustrating. And any other word that's been bandied about on Twitter and the local radio airwaves and everything for the past week, because this season has just gone completely off the rails. Uh, in more ways than one. And, uh, and look, you know, if any, whatever part of this may be true, it's, it's a bad look for Rashard Higgins. Um, I understand players' frustrations, um, everything. But, you know, I mean, if it's supposed to be 53 for one, I mean, y- you got to jump in there. And that's all I'm going to say. You know, look, I-, I love Rashard Higgins. I'd love for somebody to have a more in-depth, exact blow-by-blow of this. Um, you know, it- it's, you know, Whatever part of it may be true, it's a bad look, obviously, for Burchard, who I love. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and and the the flip side of that is, you know, and and it's an extreme example, but what we're seeing played out in Washington with Trent Williams is, you know, uh, you're injured. You know, we don't care. Get in there. Maybe that was part. We don't know. That's what I'm saying. We don't know. If he was still injured, then that puts another layer on it. But you're right. If he was healthy and you know, hundred percent and everything. And they said, go in. And he said, no, that's a whole different story. But uh, I, just the fact that we have to discuss it is just, is just, uh, uh, just busting my mood down to the doldrums. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing is, is, you know, you really thought that at this point we had sent the clown car off to the junkyard and gotten we had hoped. Know, 50 cents on the dollar at that point, who the hell really cared. Um, organization did have a nice win yesterday. Uh, yes. Steve, and it was nice. It actually, you know, I've, you know, you guys know how well Pete and I have always spoken of J.C. Treader. I got a DM from his father today. Um, he had actually thanked me and Pete for all the kind words we'd always said about his son. Look, you know, good things are good. Bad things are bad. We'll always stick by that, and that's what we'll go with. Um, but, yeah, oh, I mean, couldn't be more happy for the guy. And I know him and Joel are close. And now with J.C. about to get married, these guys have talked about, you know, being the married couple. And, and you know, obviously, you know, soon, you know, Joel's got a daughter. J.C. probably headed down that path. This is something you didn't want to screw up. You didn't want to mess with this. As far as the cap guys, look, you're going to get money back on Greg Robinson. You're going to get money back on uh, on Chris Hubbard. You know, there's going to be changes at the tackle. Um, and the other thing, uh, Steve, is, you know, center, quarterback, it's a pretty good relationship. It's one you don't want to go messing around with. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got uh, 40%. If, if you re-sign him, you've got 40% of your line set. And if you don't, now you're looking at 80% of your line who knows what going into next year. And we've already proven that uncertain spots on the offensive line do not add up to winning seasons. So with two tackle spots uncertain and, you know, as much as uh, you and me and Pete all think either um, Wyatt Teller or Drew Forbes is going to take that right, right guard spot. We don't know yet. So uh, it, it was, it was critical. It was an absolutely critical signing. Um, I mean, I've been, I banged the table for him in free agency what, three years ago, four years ago. When, I can't remember how long he's been here. Yep. Um, and he, he was an absolute warrior last year. He deserves it. The, and the uh, 
it's a lot of guaranteed money, but it's not a, a, a crazy contract. You know, it's not like they wildly overpaid. So I'm not worried about the cap at all. I mean, you know, uh, there's no reason to have more than $20 million worth of cap space at any given time. Anyway, you should be spending most of it trying to put solid football players on the field. I mean, cap space is great, but eventually you got to pay the guys who are better than the other guys. It's just the way it is. And JC earned every single penny. Um, he's going to be what, 32, 33 yep. when this runs out. So, you know, if he's still playing at a high level, you can probably get him at a mid thirties veterans discount at that point. And if he's not, then, you know, you move on. So uh, a great move, uh, a solid move. And like you said, a W that they needed to put into that column. And the thing also is, you know, and there's, you know, again, we're, we're culture talk is back again and enough of that, but you've seen the path here for younger players show up, do your job, do your job consistently, put the team before yourself. We'll take care of you. And uh, you know, the the respect he gained last year with the way that ankle was and how mangled it was just fantastic on his part and all right you know take the w enjoy it and uh you know that's you know it's not going to lead to anything up on sunday but uh it starts to uh you know make you feel a little bit better that they maybe have some idea what's going on there peloton is offering a limited time offer get $100 off accessories when you purchase the peloton bike to get a great cardio workout at home, go to onepeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, all caps, to get started. Appreciate it, fine folks. Over at Peloton, Locked Up Browns. Well, like we said, Steve, you're headed into town this week. Buffalo Bills Sunday. Uh, look, for a team desperate in need of wins where Cleveland is, this is a tough one because – Buffalo ain't going to wow you in any one area. And this is some things we talked about here last night. 1-53, to they do their job. They are confident in the team they are. They play well within the scheme of who they are. And they find a way to hang around for 60 minutes. One mistake either way usually makes the difference in the game. Right now it's 6-2. and Obviously, they're not making those mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And, um... He's not exactly setting the world on fire, but uh, Josh Allen's going to make some people eat their words because uh, draft during the draft during the draft process, if you had said, uh, we're going to take Josh Allen and we're going to play a game where we try to minimize our mistakes, he would not have been the guy that you would have picked, um, nah. you know, coming out of college. Him or Darnold, neither, neither one of them would have, would have fit that scheme. And he's done, you know, he's been much better than a lot of people gave him credit for. Um, their defense is solid, and anytime you have a solid defense, especially at this time of year, uh, you're going to be in games. And it's frightening in that you look at it on paper, and you know, from the skill position standpoint, again, we should we should win this game, and and probably should win it rather handily you know uh, but we've been saying should and on paper for eight weeks now and they're two and six so the, the, they're like a mirror image we have all the talent in the world on paper and continually <clears throat> shoot ourselves in the foot and make mistakes penalties and turnovers and, and lining up wrong and, and everything else that everybody knows they're like the complete opposite and if you're on the side that's making the mistakes it's a scary game uh, i mean and who would have thought that even what four weeks ago you know uh, it's 
I don't know. I, I, we are four games behind them in the wild card race. Everybody's still talking about, oh, they could come up and they could do the playoffs and everything. I just, I don't see it. I, I don't. This would go a long way towards taking a first step and cleansing the palate, especially if they can follow it up and get another win on Thursday. But I, I, I don't know that there's any games, and I am including the Bengals and the Dolphins in this. That at this point, the way this team is playing, you can look at the look at the schedule and go, okay, chalk that one up. I just, I, I, I don't think you can. And if they continue to make even half of the mistakes that they've been making on a weekly basis, I, I, I can't be confident in a victory on Sunday as much as I hate to admit it. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you there. Um, and look, you know, this is the team that, you know, they play mistake-free football um, for the most part. I mean, New England, they lost to New England. That's mistakes are what did them in. Although I will say I watched that game that day. If Josh Allen finished that game, yep. I, they would have they would have punched the Patriots card that day. I have no doubts in that. They had too many tries down there late in the game. And, you know, they would have eventually just said, you know what, Josh, we have four downs inside the seven-yard line. I don't care if you throw the ball once. Find some way to get seven yards on four tires. Right. You know, that type of thing. One other thing, and I talked about this on the crossover episode with Joe Marino. Joe, Josh Allen going to Buffalo was probably – a very, very good, if not the best destination for him. He wouldn't have survived in either New York media. A bunch no. of other media markets because he would have been beat down. Buffalo Bills, they are a great fan base. You're one of us. We love you. We don't care what the hell you did in college. They think you're going to be great. You don't turn out right. to be great. Yeah, they're going to tell you then. But I think he went to the perfect environment for his warts where they were going to say, look, we need a quarterback. We need you to succeed. So, you know, us as fan base, us as a city, we're going to give you every opportunity to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, they are very similar to uh, the Cleveland fan base in in that way, in that once you're one of us, we will defend you, you know, with our lives. And, uh, you know, the way they jump through tables up there, that's actually not that much of hyperbole. Um, but, and, you know, again, for someone like him, uh, getting in a situation where they force you to not do too much is probably perfect because like you said, because if he had gone someplace where the defense wasn't strong and he needed to go out, you know, jack it up 54 times a game and throw for 400, he's going to make mistakes. You know, he's not going to have the time to grow. He's not going to have the support system around him, which he does. And, I mean, we were all rooting for him as much as people were, were saying he, and he, he was the wrong pick for the Browns. I don't care what anybody says uh-huh. uh, as, as much, but, it, but it got, it went way beyond that. Um, but we were all rooting for him to prove us all wrong. And thus far, again, he's not, you know, a top five quarterback or anything, but he has shown far more consistency than a lot of people thought that he would. And if he does that again this week, uh, especially with Olivier Vernon out, um, I am I am really a little bit nervous about uh, him breaking the pocket and those 10 12 runs that he like 10 12 yard runs that he likes to put together being a backbreaker on uh, on critical third downs uh, at the, in the stadium on Sunday. Uh, there is zero doubt about that and the thing is you know and, and we're not talking about you know he's not your traditional thought of a running quarterback. Um, he's getting loose you know he he's you know bring a lunch. Joe Schobert, Mac Wilson, bring a lunch. Dude's a low. He's a big, big guy. And it's, you know, something you, you have to worry about, something you got to be concerned about. Um, the defense, whether it's Trey White, the two safeties, obviously Jordan Poyer, 
uh, your former Brown here. And then you talk about Edmonds. This is a kid who played as a rookie. Steve, he played his entire rookie season at 20. Um, now 21 and starting to, you know, <laughs> always use the, you don't know what you don't know. Well, he's starting to learn what he doesn't know. Um, they've got, they've got a nice team and it, it's, this is, it, yes, and I, I agree with you so much. I hate to say, well, Browns are a more talented roster, and I keep saying it, and it doesn't, you know, look, talent ain't won nothing. Um, and, look, it, it's a lot of it from John to the coaching staff to the disconnect. So things aren't just getting done or it's not be done, being done well enough somewhere. <clears throat> coaching. Um, there are those things to worry about, but you're going against a team here, and, you know, that brings it. And, and here's the one other caveat I want to put into this. How funny is it? We complain 10, 11 days ago. I cannot believe you moved up. Gennard, why, 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 why? And guess what? And Olivier Vernon goes down four days later. And hello, Chad Thomas is a starter. Yeah. Um, first of all, what you were saying before about Edmonds, I have socks older than him. Um, Seriously. And, and I, <laughs> I wish I was kidding. And, um, the, yeah, so uh, – what they're bringing over there again, I, we've been saying this for, I don't know how long it, it really, they do things well. They do their job. They're strong on defense. They have been susceptible to the run to the big play, especially on the run, which I think bodes well for Nick Chubb, but they do their job. But if we do our job on offense, I think like you just said, our talent is at a higher level, but what have you seen? in eight games that gives you any confidence that they can do it on any kind of a consistent level. I, 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 I can't think of a reason why I, why I, we should be walking in with any kind of bravado uh, come Sunday. Um, it's like you said, Joe's going to have to to bring and, and, and be on point. He's going to have to, uh, you know, they're going to have to stay in their, uh, their gap integrity, all that kind of stuff, all the, and I know everybody hates hearing this word, execution they're going to have to start doing it or this team's going to find a way to beat us yeah it's getting to the point now of you know either execution or there's you know either execute or there's going to be executions it's 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 really really bad there was way too much promise here where this team is at now Eesh. uh and then obviously you, know, you follow it up with pittsburgh and you know i, I again on paper you're better but it, enough of this on paper nonsense um it but we, you did obviously mention Nick Chubb and the Bills' vulnerability against the run game. The person that he is, whatever, this part, I mean, we've got to let this go now. But, uh, Stephen, you do kind of get a nice little Christmas present here. And with two games in five days and Nick Chubb being your most successful, it's the best thing you got going on offense. It might be a good idea here if you – and they desperately need these two wins in within five days – Kareem Hunt walking in this building right now, it's not its not the worst thing in the world because, you know, with the weather changing, temperatures dropping, and you have to be, you know, leery of Nick because it, it's been a heavy workload. It, it, Kareem Hunt getting back in here to play, it probably could not come at a better time. Yeah, again, on paper, you would think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, how, how, how frustrating is it that every single thing that we try to look for you can say that about, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an unbelievable, uh, it's the microcosm. We've had the discussion during the one and 31 people were asking what's worse 
uh, one in 31, or, you know, I'm old enough to remember, you know, the Bernie Kosar years getting close and having your heart ripped out, which is, which is worse having no hope or getting close. And I think I always said, uh, getting close and getting your heart ripped out was far worse because, you know, during one in 31, I mean, we thought they'd maybe win three or four games a year, but we didn't, no one was delusional enough to think they were going to the playoffs. So you, you kind of expected it this year is like the microcosm of that argument. It's, is if they were a two and six team like they were the last few years, nobody would be batting an eye. We'd be making our jokes and looking at the draft and this and that and everything else. For all that, everybody said, oh, they were overhyped in the summer at this point. They were not overhyped. All that hype was legitimate. There were holes in the roster. We acknowledged them, but no one expected this, what we're going through right now. So when you say it again and again and again, yes, you're absolutely right. Getting a player of the talent of Kareem Hunt back on the field, uh, personal stuff aside, how how could it be a bad thing? It's got to be a good thing. You add that kind of talent and another weapon to your roster. But again, we go back to it. I've seen nothing from anyone on any kind of a consistent basis that gives me confidence they're going to know how to utilize them. Have you? Uh, (laughs) You know this. Uh, it's and that's and that was part of it. We've gotten into this a little bit last week, you know, this week. Um, well, you have Odell, you have Jarvis, and you know, well, yeah, I mean, you know, is it you know, it's kind of like those, um, you know, uh, like chopped in those cooking shows where it's I have so many ingredients, I'll just go with garlic salt, and you know, it like you omit five <laughs> of the things that they were asking you to put in food. It seems very cognizant of what is currently going on right now with this coaching staff. So it's, it's rough. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit of draft talk here and look, you know, yeah, we've perked up a little bit and kind of have to, and this is going to start to, you know, I mean, this could get, you know, by next Friday, guys, this could be in a really, really bad spot. And it mm-hmm. could be a lot more of mentioning April, 2020. Um, but one DM we did get today to the lockdown Browns account. I'm going to save his name for now. And we'll bring it up and revisit it to see whether or not it does happen. Um, I'm going to shave my head if Chad Thomas lights it up Sunday. Awkwardly and crazily, I have a weird gut feeling I'm going to have a cold head Monday at work. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back to this one because I got to tell you, um, and Steve, obviously, you know, you and I, we have the same comedy. You know what that one kind of sounds like? It kind of sounds like bachelor party. Where, you know, I just bet on my balls and shook on it. So <laughs> that's a cold one. I, I mean, maybe he doesn't love his hair, but we'll see on a, how that one rolls out. We'll get to a little draft talk here. Well, Jeff, speaking Steve, of, uh, I, I went to, uh, it just reminded me, I, I bet that I would shave my head and eat uh, Brussels sprouts every day for a year if they went 0-16 and, and they freaking made me do both of them. So uh, whoever it is, good luck to you, my friend. Oh man, you really ate the Brussels sprouts? <laughs> I'm a man of my word. They are the devil's Oof. testicles. I hate them. Oh my god, yes, and especially when they start to you start to swallow them, and it kind of tastes like something you already swallowed, but like three days ago. Yeah, new. <laughs> you know, there's other. I'm green, doing there's the other Christmas dry heave right now. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with that. And now we put this nice, pleasant feeling into your belly, folks. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Whether it's local, whether it's franchise, you'd be amazed the amount of restaurants 
that you can access to have come to you through the DoorDash app, whether on Google, whether on Apple, go ahead, check it out. Use the promo code, all caps, locked on, get $5 off your first delivery of $15 or more. Look, uh, a lot of working parents and kids and sports and practices and clubs and yada, yada, yada. The last thing you need to worry about sometimes is how in the world are we going to get dinner on the table for four, five, six, seven, eight people. Let DoorDash help you out. DoorDash app, $5 off your first delivery of $15 or more. Use the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. Appreciate the folks over at DoorDash. Steve, we're getting to the point now, and look, you know, it's, Senior Bowl invites coming out. And look, regardless of record, regardless of who's going to the playoffs and who's not, it's not slowing down here. Um, it's it's a coming. But I guess first things first, before we do any draft talk, maybe we'll hit on this here. Uh, the Chase Young scenario. Um, apparently, the young man borrowed some money. Uh, everybody's applying what happened was to get his family the road, all this, that, and the other thing. Paid the money back. Um, I don't know how the information got out there. The NCA, it's whatever the biggest pains in the butt go going here. Um, but this is going to change nothing. Look, Chase Young could play next week for Ohio State, could sit for two weeks, then play versus Penn State. Chase Young could take never take a rep at Ohio State again. He will be a top five player, guys. This is not going to change anything pro-wise. And I'll be honest with you, if some part of him said, I'm not going back, uh, you know, from who I've spoke to, the feedback I've gotten back, he's a phenomenal player. And until the NCAA gets all of this right and these players can find some some kind of to say, yes, I'll risk blowing out my ACL. Yes, I'll risk possibly a fractured freaking vertebrae. You know, you can't put it on these kids. If you know you've got that $30 million waiting for you, you're just going to have to deal with it for the time being. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from his draft stock standpoint, this does not, I mean, unless there's, you know, an avalanche to this story that we don't know about. I mean, if if he borrowed money and paid it back and that's the, you know, whether it was from a friend who was an agent or not an agent or this, that really doesn't matter from his draft stock. Nobody's going to give a crap. The only thing it might affect is, you know, Ohio state football this year. Um, Cause like you said, if you know the NCAA decides to, you know, f- show their peacock feathers again and, and get all hard ass about it, he may not play, you know, or, or he may miss a game or two or whatever it happens to be. It's not going to have anything to do with what happens to him in April. Uh, the only thing they could change something that happens to him in April is he gets hurt somewhere during the process. Um, now, as far as the NCAA goes, talk about a clown show. It's it's just ridiculous. The fact that. Uh, this kid, he borrowed what? I think I, and again, this is another situation like the Higgins one. We, we don't have all the information. We're getting trickles. I've heard five that. grand to 75 grand. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know how a 19 year old will pay back 75 grand. Five grand sounds a little more realistic. Yeah. And I've heard, I've heard numbers of a thousand or less. So, you know, we don't have any idea what's good, but the fact that this kid couldn't borrow some money and then pay the, just the whole thing. It drives me insane, and you know I'm going to have to put up with all the people saying, "Oh, you know, well they they've been given a scholarship and they've been you know free." As the parent of a D1 athlete, let me just say this: no one is given a scholarship. Okay, these mm-hmm. kids earn 
every with blood, sweat, and tears beyond anything I can even imagine. There's nothing free about their education. Okay, it is a full time gig and an exhausting gig. And then on top of that, they have to go to full time classes and everything else that that is with goes with college education. So you know that whole thing we've gone over it and over it. Uh, you and I have talked about it. It's an absolute joke. It's a clown show. They need to change the rules. They need to get with the times. But as far as the draft stock, yeah, unless something else comes out about it, like, I don't know, he was, he borrowed the money to go to a strip club with James Harden or so. I, you know, I, I'm just <laughs> pulling something extreme out of my ass here because I can't imagine what else it would be. But if it was just, he borrowed money and paid it back, the NFL is not going to care. Nobody's going to care. He's going to be, the first non-quarterback drafted, unless something crazy happens, it, it's a non-story from the draft standpoint. No, great player, and you know, you just you look at it. Look, you know, Ohio State churning him out year in, year out. He's just the next on down the line, and we kind of this is similar. We went through this last year with Nick Bosa and his stuff, and then it was, you know, this talk stopped of Nick Bosa, and it was like, holy crap, look at this other defensive they have, this other defensive end they have and chase young but steve as we you know it gets closer and you you know you're starting to see you know where this could be headed rounds wise you know on collision course with the draft and it's not changing anything guys look it's work that's got to be done regardless you know sometimes you start earlier based on you know where the team leads you but um i believe it was i think it was dane brugger the other day and it was i think it was was it 10 offensive tackles in the top 75 on a big board, Steve? Mm-hmm. Like that. You look at yesterday where J.C. Treader gets extended. Um, there are people in that Browns front office that are peeking ahead. That's what they get paid to do. And, oh, three, you know, and right now you're looking at what? You know, like four picks in the top five to 90. Mm-hmm. Maybe the stars are lining. Yeah, it's a good year to need a tackle, and um, we still don't know what's going to happen in free agency. I don't know. Uh, I haven't really dug into it. I'm not sure if there are any marquee. I know there's not much in the safety uh, market, but I, I don't know that there's anybody on the tackle uh, position in the free agent market. But, yeah, if you're going to need to, and you know the way things are trending, we're going to be picking top ten again. I mean, you're talking about yeah, they're legitimately in range of the Andrew Thomases and the, uh, the Tristan Wirfs and you know, my guy Jedrick Wills is just rocketing up the boards, both of the Bama tackles. I know um, Pete yep. loves Prince uh, at Auburn, and uh, he seems to be settling in in early day two, which would be perfect. I mean, if you could somehow walk out of, you know, putting aside what it would mean for the rest of this season being a, an absolute train wreck, if you could walk out of there with, say, you know, Werfs and, and Prince, I mean, that's – I mean, I would dance a jig and, and I don't dance, you know, I mean, but even if you're not going to grab those two guys, you go a little bit further down, uh, down the, the board there, you got Trey Adams, uh, you got Austin Jackson, you've got Alaric Jackson. I, I mean, Charlie Heck on day three, Calvin Throckmorton. I know there's some people that like him. I mean, there's just, uh, we haven't even mentioned Scott France or Josh Jones, who they've, yep. The Browns have sent people to see it in uh, in Houston on multiple occasions. Jack Driscoll, the other guy uh, uh, at Auburn, who came from uh, was it Harvard? I, yes, one of the yeah, uh, and one has, of the schools that we're we're not even smart enough or financially well off enough to even mention. But go ahead. 
I'm not allowed to drive drive past it. They 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 made me leave. Um, but he's, he went from Harvard to to the SEC and has barely missed a beat. You know, I mean, there's it's a great year to need multiple tackles, and for all intents and purposes, it looks like that's what they're going to do. Um, and there are a lot of intriguing uh, safety prospects. Earlier in the year, people were saying the safety class was going to be weak, and it, it, here later in the year, now that we've got almost a full season of tape. Uh, on these guys that are draft eligible, there's there's uh, there's more names there than we think. So uh, even if they don't go out and do anything in free agency, and again, I don't know that there's much at tackle or safety. If Denver loses their mind and lets Justin Simmons hit the market, that would be a marquee free agent at the, at the safety position, but I can't fathom that they would. But um, you're looking at probably, like we said last time, you would think three of those first four picks being tackles or safeties in some combination. It's, you know, it, it pretty much the way you read the tea leaves and you look at the roster, obviously at the tackle position. And who knows? I mean, you know, maybe Teller can take right guard. You have Drew Forbes, who's got tackle experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're going to stop with the snapping speak. Um, it may have been a nice thing. It, it may have been lip service, but, uh, you know, we're good with who's snapping the ball here now for the next couple more years. Thank um, God. So you, but you have Drew. Yeah, exactly. You have Drew who is, you know, a movable piece and somebody like he's not coming back this week. We'll see if he does come back for Pittsburgh. And, and honestly, that might be a good idea. Why activate him if you're playing on Sunday and then you got another game on Thursday. Um, wait to see what happens Sunday. If somebody gets dinged up, then bring him up. And, you know, maybe then, you know, obviously you can plug a hole somehow, some way there. So it, it doesn't surprise me too much that he didn't get activated for Sunday, especially when you turn around and going to kick this off, all you know, again on Thursday. So there is that way. But look, it, it's it's the tackles. You look at the safety. You look at that roster and you look at the safeties. Steven, I, I can't find a safety who's going to be on the roster next year other than Sheldrick Redwine, unless it's Murray on some sort of cheap, vet deal because they like the fact that he can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they approached uh, safety this year, the way they did with corner last year, they went out and found a lot of, uh, you know, former day three picks and brought them in and that nobody know, some hits some misses and, uh, but nothing they can't easily get out of now, you know, there's eight games left. So, you know, uh, Murray or, or whoever, uh, you know, put some eight great games on tape or, um, um, you know, Demarius comes back and plays like he did last year, uh, you know, then then you're talking uh, something different. But you're absolutely right. At this point, you're going into the offseason needing two safety, at least two safeties. You know, I mean, it's – and nobody thought it was going to be that way. You know, after the yeah. way Demarius played last year, you and I, we were upset that he wasn't extended during the offseason. Um, and it turns out that, you know, it's starting – it's looking like, at least thus far, that we were wrong on that one. So – um, I, I don't think we're going to be in a position, you know, for Delpit or, or McKinney. Um, but you're looking at guys that currently in the range where we're probably looking safety, you're looking at Brandon Jones of Texas, who's put down a lot of good tape this year, Ashton Davis, senior ball and uh, both of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shime Carter, uh, uh, who plays the star down at Alabama has put, uh, Put some good tape down. Kyle Duger is shooting up boards. He's in the like the seventies now. I think he's looking at mm-hmm. at midday two. The the D two kid and uh, Terrell Burgess at um, at Utah is a name that's starting to get a little uh, traction uh, in the draft community. I don't see him rising up a lot of boards yet, but that's a name for 
if you're out there listening, you want to go dig around and find some uh, some tape on him and watch. He's put down some good tape and some good numbers this year uh, and probably could be had late day two, early day three, the way it is at this point. So that's another one uh, to be looking at. I think you never want two rookie tackles and or two rookie safeties on the field. That's not, you know, I mean, if you're going to draw it up, that's not the way you would draw it up. But looking at the free agent class, uh, you know, unless there's a trade out there that none of us can see coming, uh, I, I don't know that there's going to be a whole hell of a lot of choices. We start off next year. Yeah. And, you know, and what it is you're going to hope, obviously, uh, with the, the veterans on the inside with Joel and JC and somebody had, you know, come to us earlier this week about the notion of kicking Joel back outside. For me, it's just don't even bother at this point. Um, you know, he's been around long enough. He's a guard now. Pete was still for it, um, but uh, Pete and Joel got that history. And Pete, if he can find another notch on the draft belt, there's that. Um, but the safety, and here's going to be the thing. If, you know, and I don't want to say it, but there is the possibility a week from now this team could be two and eight or three and seven. Would I rather than me and four and six guys? Yes, that's better for business. That's better for me. More people want to listen a lot of time. About it. But it is it's, it is a realistic possibility. But right now, Sheldrick Redwine, you have in a fourth-round pick a big, fat, incomplete. You, you can't say he's no good. You can't say he is good. You can't say right. he's not part of the future. You can't say he is part of the future. So there's going to have to be a time here where the rubber essentially meets the road. You're going to have to get Redwine some reps, and you're going to need to at least, you know, he shows you enough where you say, all right, we think maybe we have one safety for next year, but you got to find out what this kid can bring you somewhere positive as far as, you know, in NFL safety, is he a third safety? Is he, can he play the, uh, you know, can he play the cover high? Is he better in the box? We got to find some way to figure out exactly what Sheldrick Redwine he is because you can't not know what your draft pick is because you didn't play him in a season where you didn't go to the playoffs. Right. Yeah. And obviously, you know, uh, we're talking about all these, uh, you know, free agency and the draft and everything. Obviously, the best case scenario and what everybody wants to have happen is the in-house options step up and take. I mean, the best case scenario is Drew Forbes comes back and plays, you know, six or seven games or however many are left at right tackle. And you go, damn, this kid's got it. Okay, we only need one tackle. And you hope that we're either red wine or like I said, Demarius Randall still has eight games to go out there and show, hey, you know, I was inconsistent early in the year, but that was because of the injury. Now I'm healthy again. The guy you saw in 18, that's who I still am. You know, lock that position down. That would be the best case scenario for everyone involved, I think. But at this point, like you said, we don't know what we have in Redwine. We don't know what we have in Forbes. We don't know what we have in Demarius at this point. Was last year an illusion? We don't know, you know, because he's been hurt so much this year. And the, uh, other, and the other thing is, is he only played – last year was the only year he played safety. He was a corner all his year, career in Green Bay, so. Right, yeah, which, you know, we all thought was a mistake because he was a safety in college, but that's here, neither here nor there at this point. Um, so there's a ton up in the air at these two positions. And obviously, like I said, what we all want is for the guys they drafted to step up and do that. But it's it's we've, we've taken so many punches to the gut this year, it's hard to look forward and say – Oh, yeah, okay. Now we're going to catch a break because that just doesn't happen in Cleveland. <laughs> Which I'm learning more and more. We're going to close with this. <laughs> you're, you're going home. Me, not the Ohioan, not from the area. 
what are a couple things now when you're going to be home for a few days that you need to do, you're really looking forward to do, doing? Um, nothing. Actually. You got to eat what? <laughs> what do you got to eat? What do you got to do? Ah, uh, well, it's the Midwest, man. I can I can put cheese on red meat and nobody will look at me twice like they do here in uh, here in L.A. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can eat a bratwurst. I can eat. Uh, I can I can have a, a second glass of wine in public and nobody looks at me and goes, mm, you know. So it's. Uh, oh, I'd never survive in L.A. Then it's <laughs> it's just uh, it's just good to be home. I'm gonna go. You know, uh, going up Saturday night, flying up, and uh, and uh, we're going to be having some drinks downtown. Uh, Paul Brown is coming in, and a couple other people. I think Mac Robinson's going to come meet us downtown. A couple people, and then uh, you know, when I get back to Columbus, I'll be hanging out with some friends from uh, from high school and college, and from when I was young, and that kind of stuff. Seeing the family, you know, this will be my my nod to the family for Thanksgiving. So um, I don't know. You know, I've been gone for so long. It's changed so much. I don't know what's left. Um, you know, I would have 20 years ago, I would have said, you know, I would have known four bars that I had to go go to and, and three different places for pizza that I would have had to eat. But uh, uh, down in German Village or, you know, I don't even know what's left down there anymore. Um, I don't know. I, you know, it's just going to be nice to be in a place uh, where everybody else is wearing brown and orange and I don't get, you know, Browns. Oh, what's wrong with them? You know, I, it'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be fun to be around, uh, to be around people who already know what's wrong with them and we can just nod and, and, and swill our beer. <laughs> well, buddy, I'm going to tell you this, pack your North face, pack your under armor. Your old butt ain't ready for this stuff. No, it's not. Uh, Steven Thomas at Brown's mock draft. You guys know the drill, uh, you know, daily mock every day. And, you know, it, it bothers Steve that he's got to do them right now. And look, we, we were all hoping for better things. We'll get through this together. Like we have been now for well over two years. Make sure you follow Steve. Of course, you know, one of my favorites, love talking to him. Good friend, good man. Good guy to talk ball with the locked on Brown's Twitter account. Always follow back. DMS are open. You guys been filling me with a lot. I'm doing my best to return everything. I appreciate you guys in that stance. Uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd DMs are open over, uh, over there as well. I'm about to kick back here, get this loaded watch Pete and the Streetsboro boys hoping for the best for them. Appreciate everybody. This has been your daily delivery of all things. All pound. Let's go Browns. <laughs>